Good morning, everyone. Happy Friday. It's Friday. We made it. Congratulate yourself if you've made it to Friday. For some of us, that might seem like a bigger deal than others, but we've made it. Here we are. It's Friday, the end of the week. And I hope that you have excellent plans for your weekend. My husband just texted me and said, I can hear you. It's so funny because if you don't remember to mute yourself, because StreamYard kind of changed their, their setup a little bit, um, you'll hear the background noise. But I was like, Oh my gosh, my chair is very, very squeaky. I didn't realize how squeaky it actually is. But anyway, thank you for <laughs> reminding me. Uh, good morning, Lisa. Lisa, uh, the countdown is on. Is it okay that we count down your return to Kansas? Uh, I just, I feel like we need to put Kansas on notice. Listen, Kansas, Lisa's coming home. <laughs> That seems so silly, but at the same time, powerful. So anyway, um, I, I do believe that in the description, um, it says that we're going to talk about sticking the landing and, um, and we are, we're going to talk about sticking the landing from one place of glory to the next. And, um, I have like this crazy picture in my mind, um, of, of what this actually looks like. And, um, I think that oftentimes, uh, instead of sticking the landing, like when we are being transformed or translated into a next space of glory, um, that due to, to different circumstances, like maybe we're just afraid of what it looks like, of the unknown perhaps, um, that, that we get suspended in between glories, or we try to straddle um, and keep one foot in, in each plane. And um, that's not actually going to work out for you really well. It's a, a great place to find confusion. And or as a, a friend of mine says, um, the the uh, water seems muddy. And um, the, though she wasn't describing <laughs> straddling the line of, of two spaces of glory, she was really more discussing where she's at, to which I was clued in going, yeah, you need to stick the landing. Um, anyway, so because God moves us from glory to glory, it takes a brave heart. It takes courage to to follow. Right. Like, do you ever are you ever like, God, you're kind of crazy. And I mean, crazy, not in a like he's mentally off, but like he's so audacious that things that, that he asks of us and and oftentimes, I mean, just to be very honest with you, my heart's like, God, I, I'm not sure that I'm ready to to move from here because I, I maybe maybe I feel like I, I haven't um, really grabbed hold of what it is that that where I'm at had to offer. And um, he tends to move very quickly in my regard, and and sometimes I feel like I'm spinning out of control or like God, like you don't know me, right? Like, have you ever done that? Have you ever like had this really honest moment where you're like, God, I, you, you might have missed it with me because I'm not sure that it's time for, for me to move on or to, to, um, it really, it, it looks like promotion. Um, it, I, that's, 
that sounds kind of lame to say out loud, but that's what, uh, honestly, like if, if we can think of being transformed from glory to glory, it really is. It's, it's, it's a promotion in our mind, honestly. And that's what the scripture actually translates to is that it's being transformed from glory to glory in our minds, right? Because we, in Christ, we are already fully exposed to the full measure of glory that's available to us. However, in, in our flesh suits, we are being revealed from glory to glory. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. I want to look at a couple of spaces of scripture um, that really speaks to this. I've got them. Um, I've got them all marked. You guys, I have Bibles everywhere. They're scattered all over my desk because um, it's just necessary to have different translations available. Don't you think? Do you guys love different translations? Anyone? Give me a thumbs up if you love different translations. I just, I like, I think I like words. I would have never said that about myself, but I like words. I like how it's broken down in different things. And really what I really, really love is um, to be unfamiliar with familiar spaces. <laughs> so that's what different translations does for me. It gives me a different perspective on um, on scripture. So in 1 Kings, and we've talked about this before, um, in 1 Kings uh, chapter 18, Elijah has gathered, yes, Lisa, I know you do. Um, Elijah has gathered um, the prophets of Baal and the um, and Israel. And, um, and at this point, Israel is wayward again, right? We find Israel in this wayward place over and over and over again. Um, oftentimes we find Israel longing for dead spaces, like when God has delivered us out of something, that space has no life in it anymore. So let's just be blunt about it and say that that's a dead space. Like there is, there's no longer any value in that space for us. It served its purpose, right? Like, like Israel being in Egypt, it served a, a purpose. It created a, a, um, a longing in them for, for God, but it also, it, it depleted them in, in many regards. But in this, in this chapter 18 of, um, of first Kings, he's, Elijah has gathered the people together. And I love what he says, and this will be familiar to you because I, we've talked about this actually, I think on uh, life up here and um, starting in verse 21, um, Elijah challenged the people. How long are you going to sit on the fence? If God is the real God, follow him. If it's Baal, follow him. Make up your minds. Um, in, in another translation, it actually says, how long are you going to live between two opinions? How long are you going to live between two opinions? And I think that if we if we really broke this down, and I have not done this, but this is where my mind is wanting to go. This is where I feel like my spirit and my mind are like, rah, just racing toward is like these two opinions that he's talking about are the, the, the two differing opinions between God and Baal, right? And and Baal actually means owner. And and so when they when they got caught up in serving Baal, they were being owned by Baal and, and who knows, you know, what kind of a picture 
I mean, we could read scripture and really come to the conclusion what kind of a picture Baal was creating for them about them and the, the image that he was offering them. Remember that the the, the one thing that the, the enemy came to steal from us was our image, right? What what we um what we looked into to find ourselves. And um and so what he's really saying is here is like, how long are you gonna straddle the line? right? Like this is who I, this is who God says you are. You are chosen people, right? Like you are God's chosen people. How long are you going to stand between two opinions? And I I mean, you can hear the, um, the resiliency in Elijah's voice. Can't you? I mean, I, I, I can maybe, can you, can you hear that where he's like, just choose. Like, I don't care. Even if it's Baal, it's better for you hear me like he's saying it's actually better for you to just choose bail all the way than to stand in this this space of indecision right like in in places of indecision there's confusion and where there's confusion there's nothing but disaster right when we stand in places of of indecision and indecisiveness takes over our being we no longer know who we are. We, we, we stand in a space where we're, we're unsure of who we are, or what we carry. And we listen to everything in this space. Every voice is hitting us. And we're trying to pull identity from everything that surrounds us. And that's not okay. It's, it's disastrous. This is a space where disaster strikes. In fact, let me read. Um, eh, maybe I won't go there. And I'm not going to go there and I'll take too, too long. Um, anyway, go and read Joel 314. We've touched on that before also where um, uh, Joel is talking to them about the value of decision. Like you're standing in the value of decision and, um, and, and really what it should, I think it should be dialed is like you're standing in the value of indecision because he says that nothing but doom and despair is going to conquer you in this space. Um, so anyway, let's read on here. Um, he, he says, make up your minds. Nobody said a word. Nobody need to move. Then Elijah said, I'm the only prophet of God left in Israel. And there are 450 prophets of Baal. Let the Baal prophets bring up two oxen. Let them pick one butcher it. And, and we know how the, the story goes. Um, it's it's like, you know, Elijah is um, suggesting that they're God's duel, right? <laughs> and he's like, me against 450 of you and all my money is on God, right? And um, it's because Elijah was sure. He was so sure of who he was that he stood with God. He stood surely in, in blessed assurance, right? Like he knew that no other God had anything on, on his God. And, and we need to become like that. So often we get caught up in the, the calling, the assignment, the identity, um, all, all of those kinds of things. And, and, and we serve those things. And, and when we serve those things, it's hard for us to stay anchored to knowing who God is. We, we kind of like and this is not me saying that that God is is harsh in in any way. Actually, I heard this morning I was listening to um, the British Council of Prophets this morning, and, and Simon had said on there something about. Um, actually, no, I think it was the, the other fellow, and I'm not 
familiar with him, but he had said that um, there, are, there are two words in the English language that are a little confusing. And he said, awesome and awful. And um, it, it, he was he was breaking down that um, within the word of awesome, we're saying that God is sometimes worthy of awe, right? And, and in the word awful, which has a negative connotation for us, that's actually a, a closer representation of who he is because he is full of awe right? Isn't that good? I thought that that was really good. It actually did something to me where I was like, oh my goodness gracious. And and so when our eyes are fixed on how full of awe he is, then then we, we have blinders to anything else. Our eyes are fixed on him and we only want what comes from his hand, right? And, but if we turn and we start to fixate on these other things, even the things that come from him, listen, our calling, our destiny, those things come from him, but we can't worship them. They can't, they can't take his place. And I think so, so often it does. And I know that it's out of like a, a heart of wanting, everything that God has for us and not wanting to squander anything. And and I understand, I understand that. I, totally, I do. And I think that God honors it. I think that he, he asks us to, to hunger and thirst for righteousness, which is right standing with him. He has made us right in him. So I, it's, it's all, I understand what I'm saying here. I'm not saying not to chase after those things because they are things that God puts before us. But I am saying that when we fixate on those things, we bow to them prior to bowing before him. That's all I'm saying. It's like, let, let all of your, all of your awe and your wonder be, be caught up in him and who he is so that you don't miss a beat when he says move, Right. Um, so let's look at, I want to look at, um, Joshua 24 really quick. Look, I put a bookmark in it to make it easy. Um, this is what, this is what Joshua says. And this is also to the Israelites. He says, now, therefore worship Yahweh with holy awe. Don't you love that? With And in the footnotes, Brian Simmons has added with fear or reverential awe. Honor. I I love that my my heart just soars in 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 regard to that like reverential honor like let everything that comes forth from me honor you God right um, remove oh wait and he says and serve him in authentic love and loyalty remove from your hearts every false god to whom your fathers bowed down beyond the Euphrates and in Egypt and serve Yahweh. If it seems wrong in your eyes to serve Yahweh, then make your decision today which gods you will worship. The gods which your ancestors worshipped in Mesopotamia or the gods which the Amorites worship in the land where you are now living. But I and my family we will give our lives to worship and serve Yahweh. Not good. And he adds in the footnotes, for he is holy, for only he is holy, right? We need to, we need to take on the same posture as Joshua and, and, and really draw a line in the sand saying like, I'm not serving any other God. And, and in so doing that, it means we have to learn to stick the landing. 
that we can't continue to to weigh all of the um, all of the other things before sticking the landing. There, that's a it's honestly a lack of faith in, in doing that. We are and and when I say lack of faith, I'm not saying that 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 bad. I'm not saying bad. What I'm saying is like we aren't utilizing all the faith that is actually ours in doing that. Faith causes us to see the reality of what's available for us and pull it in to the seen realm by our movement, by making an actionable agreement, right? So we can say, we can speak with our words like, oh, this is what I'm doing. This is what God's called me to. This is where I'm going, blah, blah, blah. It means absolutely nothing until you have put action behind it. Yes, I hope that this is making sense for you. Um, so I, I love that that Joshua is just like, he's he's just so steady. And he's saying like, just choose. It's the same thing that, that Elijah is saying, right? Where he's just like, just choose. Like he's understanding the destruction that comes in the indecision. And so he's just saying, it'd be better for you just to choose either way just choose. And, um, and and of course, of course, I'm going to say like, choose God, right? Choose Yahweh, choose to, to, um, to serve your creator because he knows you full well. He knows you better than you know yourself. And, and he knows what he's doing with you. He knows where you're going, but what we have to learn to do is fully access, empty out the faith for this, this season, if you will, or for this assignment for this next level of glory and stick the landing. Well, let's look at Second Corinthians. I need another Bible for this. Let's look at Second Corinthians, um, chapter three. Oh, somebody just sent me a sweet text message. I love being loved. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love being surrounded, cared for, thought about. Don't you love being loved? There's just the the body of Christ is spectacular when walking in full measure. Because then we're just like, we just release these beautiful little text messages to one another. We care for one another. We take care of one another. We have all things in common. Okay, listen, I'm going to stay on track here. I'm not going to a message about oneness, although you know that's where my heart is postured. 2 Corinthians 3 and, um, oh, that's good. We're not going to go there either. Um, read the whole chapter. It's so good. Um, starting in verse seven, and we're going to read through the end of, um, chapter three, cause this is just so good. Even the ministry that was characterized by chiseled letters on stone tablets came with a dazzling measure of glory. <laughs> though it produced death. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? And I want you to hold on to that phrase right there, that um, even the law came with a dazzling measure of glory, even though it produced death, right? So remember, I've been talking lately about we have to get to the bottom of what we believe about death and sickness and, and the demonic, right? We have to, we have to know. And so he, he's saying here that even the law that was handed to Moses had a brilliant 
measure of glory on it. Remember, like Israel could not look on his face or they would die. They couldn't stand it. They couldn't stand the, the glory that was being emitted from Moses after being with God. And um and, and he's saying it was it was it was great, right? And, but it produced death. So what does that immediately tell you about the glory that we are living under? Exactly. You're concluding correctly. The Israelites couldn't bear to gaze on the glory face of Moses because of the radiant splendor shining from his countenance, a glory destined to fade away. Yet how much more radiant is this new and glorious ministry of the spirit that shines from us right now? I just want you to take a second and I want you to recognize that there is immeasurable glory shining from you, right? It's an immeasurable glory that is is shining from you. Ah, that's so good. For if the former ministry of condemnation was ushered in with a measure of glory, how much more does the ministry that imparts righteousness far excel in glory? What once was glorious no longer holds any glory because of the increasingly greater glory that has replaced it. Right. So we know that that um, what what Jesus did, the covenant that Jesus has made with us is far greater, far out, out, it far out, whatever. I don't know where I was going. You guys, my mind is kind of all over the place. Anyway, it far outweighs the the former covenant that that was being made with Israel. So what we are walking under is far greater. Remember that um, there is absolutely no comparison between the two gifts, the, the gift of the law and, and the gift that, that of the new covenant that Jesus brought. There's, there's no comparison. It's beyond all comparison. What once was glorious no longer holds any glory because of the increasingly greater glory that has replaced it. The fading ministry came with a portion, portion of glory, but now we embrace the unfading ministry of permanent impartation of glory, permanent impartation of glory. That's what's ours. So the next time you feel compelled to sing, show me your glory. I want you to understand that, wait a minute, he's already imparted the full measure of his glory to you. Help me access your glory. <laughs> what 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 does your glory offer the room right now? Right? Like these are the these are the we need to like change our language to match scripture. You can sing Show Me Your Glory. I won't steal that song from you because I love that song. Show me your glory. There's nothing wrong with that. Just saying that like to 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 line up with scripture, we need to be asking the greater question. Help me to access to to lay hold of your glory, to play with your glory, to revel in your glory, to um, extend your glory, expand your glory, all of those things. Like how do we release your glory? These are the things that we need to be asking. We, let's see, did I read that? Um, So then with the amazing hope living in us, we step out in freedom and boldness to speak the truth. 
We are not like Moses, who used a veil to hide the glory, to keep the Israelites from staring at him as it faded away. Okay, so what I'll say there is when we are suspended in between glories because we refuse to make an agreement, we are actually veiling our glory, right? Like it, it really does veil the glory that we now have access to. Because remember, he moves us from one space of glory to the next. We are being transformed into new glory all the time. But when we are staying um, suspended in between glories, it dims what we are intended to carry. You are made to bear and release the full measure of glory, right? Gosh, guys, this is huge. This is huge. My mind is, is just being blown wide open. Okay. Um, we are not like Moses who used to veil and hide the glory to keep the Israelites from staring at him as it faded away. Their minds were closed and hardened. I probably don't need to say it out loud, but I'm going to like, that's actually what happens when we are suspended in that space. That's why we get confused is because um, our, our minds become, they start to shut down and, and become hardened. For even to this day, the same veil comes over the minds when they hear the words of the former covenant. The veil has not yet been lifted from them, for it is only eliminated when one is joined to Messiah. Oh, Jesus, thank you for joining us to you. What a what a grandiose picture. I am joined to Messiah. It's I and him and him and me, right? So until now, whenever the Old Testament is being read, the same blinding comes over their hearts. He's talking about Israel. Um, but the moment one turns to the Lord with an open heart, the veil is lifted and they see. Now, the Lord I'm referring to is the Holy Spirit. And wherever he is Lord, there is freedom. Wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So my goodness, guys, can we just come to the conclusion that the glory of the Lord that is being dispensed through you, the immeasurable glory of the Lord, Holy Spirit, right? He's in you. He's taken up residence in you. It brings freedom. It makes way for freedom. So here we're, we're just going to, we're going to continue to build on this idea of sticking the landing. This is another reason we have to stick the landing because when we do, we are expanding freedom within territories that God has given us. You are making, here's another way of, of looking at it. We are pioneering. We are making a way for others to join in expanses of freedom that is brought by the glory that we are releasing. By our changed mind, we are making a way, right? By agreeing with the fullness of ourselves in Christ, we are making a way. However, when we suspend ourselves in between, we are withholding all of the good things that he has for us, right? In order to blaze a trail of freedom in this next space of glory, we have to access everything. We have to use up the entire faith tank that he has for you in this assignment. You can only utilize it, 
utilize this by keeping your eyes fixed on him, by laying hold. Listen, the kingdom of God suffers violence and it is the violent that lay hold of it. It takes a violent posture. I will follow you anywhere to be able to do this. We are landing. We have to stick the landing and it means to not delay. We cannot delay in obedience. When we do, we not only we, we do, we miss out on the, the initial outpouring of glory that's in it, right? Because it's, it, it positions you to, to be filled with newness and to allow that to gush forth. And I think that that's probably just a rush, you know, I've experienced that it's terrifying. And at the same time, it's exactly what we're after. We love it. It's it's like we were we were made to experience that kind of adrenaline and being positioned rightly before the Lord. Yes, but also when we, we not only um miss out on, on what it is that he has for us and all the good things. When we are staying in that space, we are allowing ourselves to be infiltrated by all kinds of things that are less than, less than God, right? I hope hope we're all tracking here. Okay. We can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces and with no veil, we become like mirrors, brightly reflect, who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. Wow. I want to be a mirror. I do. I want to be a mirror that's brightly reflecting his glory. I just do. We are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. That's so good. Let's read the the footnote on that. The source of our transformation comes from Christ's glory and the destination we are brought to is more glory. The transforming glory is the result of gazing upon the beauty and the splendor of Jesus Christ. Ah, I love that. Don't you love that? Give that some hearts because that's really good. Um, we, uh, can I just read that last line again? It was just so good. The transforming glory is the result of gazing upon the beauty and the splendor of Jesus Christ. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, acknowledge the assignment, but keep your eyes fixed, right? Because we will reflect the fullness of his glory. Whatever our our, our, our face is fixated, whatever our eyes are fixated, our hearts, our minds are fixated on, we're going to reflect that because that's what we are made to do, right? And um a brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord who is the spirit. So we are taken from glory to glory so that we continue to look more and more like him. But we have to keep our eyes fixed to continue to gaze upon the beauty uh, and splendor of Jesus Christ. So you guys, what an invitation. What an invitation. Yeah, Lisa, don't delay. Just just do it. You keep quoting Nike. That's really that's really fantastic. Just do it. 
we we do we just need to stick the landing and guys this is where community comes in like we need to get a little bit more vigilant right in in pulling each other off of the sidelines and and holding one another accountable to to what it is i had a um early on this week i was in a meeting and and we were um vince and i were helping um a, a dear friend, my sister-in-law, um, worked through some things in um, in her salon, and it, it was it was an interesting um, two and a half hours. And and within that, started identifying like, oh my gosh, like you you've been handed this gift and are are not completely um, putting on the upgrade, right, or not completely sticking the landing. And in the middle of all of that, um, <laughs> sorry, just got a message. Um, uh, and, and, and in that, I'm realizing, like, as I'm, like, working through this, I'm realizing, like, oh, my gosh. Like, I'm actually doing s- something very similar to that and and knew that, you know, and I've mentioned this before, and and this is really good to know about me. Like, know know the people in your life, right? We can't hold each other accountable unless we actually know one another deeply and intimately. And and for me, I I am my calling is to touch down, make a difference, and move on, right? Like, you don't want me around long term because I will start digging up, turning over, tearing down all of the things. And, um, and so I knew that, you know, it was time that that assignment was, was ending and it was time to lift off, so to speak. I like to think of myself as a superhero. And so within this conversation of walking someone else through or holding her accountable, if you will, to the calling on her life, I'm finding like, oh my gosh, like this is this is me. Like I need to stick the landing. And by the end of that morning, I had done just that. And I'm telling you, like it, it's terrifying sometimes to make agreement with God because we can't know the outcomes. It's go before you know, right? I've said that over and over and over again. You have to go before you know. And and there are so many variables in in my agreement, right? There are, um, there are just too many different things for me to, to have to, um, to, to, to weigh in that I'm going like, but with my, with my earthly eyes, with my physical eyes, I'm going like, Jesus, I think that this could be foolish. And that's where the delay comes in is when we start to use our earthly wisdom to look at things and we take our eyes off of him. And, and because the thing is like, he is the provider. He calls himself Jehovah Jireh. He's the provider. He's the one that pours out. And so anyway, I, I don't want to continue on in that point. But um, um, what I do want to talk about briefly is, um, or transition into, is like giving us some practical tools here. And, and, and what does this look like? So with the call, when it comes, when we are handed out a new assignment and all of the, so initially for me, it's like, yay, this is going to be fun, you know? And then right beyond that, there are all kinds of um, 
former things, if you will, that that want to trip me up. And um, and this is another phrase that that you've heard me say as of late is not don't stumble over things that are behind you, right? And so trust me, like I, I'm I, I'm offering y'all like things that that I'm coming up against in real time. And um, so in that we have to deny those lesser things, those things that want to keep us tethered to the physical realm. We have to begin to deny those things. Cast them down is actually really the better way to look at that. We are throwing them down. Just like um, Jesus says he smashes every high thing that refuses to move. We have to be those people who know who we are and realize that like anything that gets in my way, I they're going to come up against some violence. It's going to be confronted by violence because that's one of my names. It's one of the things that God, God has called me is his violent one. And so I'm going to put that on and I'm going to become a little bit violent with those things that want to confront me. Like if, if finances are an issue, then I need to be a little bit violent about the, 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 my, earthly wisdom concerning finances. I need to throw that thing down and then immediately run to the father, keep my eyes fixated on who I know him to be and begin to pull, right? Or here's another way of looking at it. There is, there is faith, a containment of faith for you for this next assignment. Stick a straw on it, you know? Like, however you want to envision this, like go to the malt shop with Jesus and, and just begin to suck down the goodness of the measure of faith that he has for your life in this assignment. He's already thought of it all. I think that we would be very saddened if we were capable of seeing the things that we have forsaken that he has had laid out for us along the way. I think that we would look back and go, okay, like the struggle was unnecessary because he already, he already had provision for that. He had already thought of that. So when I'm, when I'm in the space of like, God, I think you've missed it. Like I'm, I'm certainly not the one, right? Yikes. Um, that's actually a, a disagreement that I'm making with God, where I need to be postured and leaning into is, you know, me better than I know myself. If you say go, if you say I'm ready, then I'm ready. And there's no, there's no argument there. Like he's right. He gets to be right in all circumstances. He gets to be right. And these are the things that we have to settle instead of, of standing in between two opinions, we have to settle these things once and for all. Is he good? Does he know me better than I know myself? Is he the provider, right? We can't touch down in those things and lift off. Those are the things that we are, that sustain us. Our knowledge of God is the most important thing about us. And we can't be wishy-washy in it. No more lingering doubts in the area of who God is. He's either got it all figured out or he doesn't. We need to lay hold of what is ours. So whatever it is that he's calling you to right now, I want you to make a solid agreement with him. I am who you say I am. Now teach me to walk like that, right? It's not it's not enough. You guys, we've played this game for far too long, making mental agreements 
with who God says we are and doing nothing about it. This is what I heard the Lord Lord saying on Monday. Y'all need to get off the sidelines and get in the game and stop pulling on the prophet's ear. You know yourself well enough. Now let's go. That's what I heard the Lord saying. We've got so many people that are, you know, wrapped up in pseudo community. It's not, it's real to an extent, but they're not capable of holding you accountable. Get off the sidelines, get in the game. You have enough prophetic words to sustain you. It's time to move. You are who he says you are. You need to use your imagination to pull the unseen things into the natural realm and begin to manifest them. And the only way you can do that is by changing your mind. And that's what moving from glory to glory is all about, is changing my mind. Okay, that's who I was last season. That's who I was in the last assignment. (gasps) Upgrade! And allow him to sever you from that space of glory. We are, you guys, we are, we're ridiculous. We're ridiculous. We serve familiarity before we serve God. Stop. Right? Like if we would become more familiar with God, we wouldn't depend on what's familiar. That's a good word, Angie. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm going to go. You guys have a great Friday and an incredible weekend. I hope that this is what I want for you this weekend. Become familiar with God. Know his ways, right? Like, let's really lean in and know his ways. Let him burn you. Yeah? Like, let him burn his image into you. Hi, Tiff. Oh, ouch. It's so funny. The comments come through like, I don't know, 15, 20 seconds after I've already said them, said what it is. So now I'm like, I don't even know what hurt. <laughs> no, God. Bottom line, stop straddling the, the two places of glory and stick the dang landing. If you need help in doing that, reach out to your community. If you don't have a community, find one. And um, I'm just going to say it again for, for good measure. Online communities are not going to hold you accountable to the calling that's on your life. You're greater than that. Get with real people. You need them. Love y'all. Talk soon. Hey, guys. So um, this Sunday, join us. Speaking of community, join us this Sunday um, in, in person. We are at 902 North Jefferson in Junction City, Kansas. And this Sunday, Vince will be teaching. Listen, I like to think when Vince teaches, I like to think of us all going into the classroom because he really does have a teaching gift. And um, I'm putting you on notice so you know how to honor him. Um, Just prepare yourself to walk into a space that feels like a classroom. And because you are about to get schooled, we are still in our teaching series. And, um, and and submission is the topic. And and this week, I'm just going to let you know up front, we've talked about submitting to God, submitting to the call that God has on your life, submitting to him. We've talked about submitting to one another. And we would not be doing our teaching series justice if we did not also hit submitting to 
leaders. So um, that's really valuable. And um, if if you have things coming up in you while while hearing teachings on that, then you need to let the Lord refine you. I'm just going to be blunt about that. So anyway, it's going to be phenomenal. I, I even think that he has plans to bring out the dry erase board. And there's nothing more exciting to me than um, Vince in a dry erase board because that's just where he shines. Listen, you want to see the full measure of the glory that's on Vince's life? Come on Sunday. Yes, submit fool. <laughs> I've been using I've been using that in, in various ways. I, I said commit fool on um on Wednesday in our live. So, you know, I need to stop calling people fools. You are all treasures. You're treasures. Anyway, talk to you soon. Bye.